You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. I'm excited about today. I might be more excited about today's message than maybe any message so far this year. It's tough with the expanding territory revelation, uh, but, but this is a life-changing, game-changing, future, family, business-altering message today if you receive this. Luke chapter 15, and he said, Jesus, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me my share of property or inheritance that is coming to me and divide the property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took into a far journey. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Someone say reckless living. There he spent everything. And a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. When he was longing to be fed with the pods of the pigs and ate, no one gave him anything. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread. And here I'm perishing here with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against you and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He arose and came to his father. I came to tell you this morning that wisdom expands spiritual territory. The title of this message is Expanding Spiritual Territory, The Gift of Wisdom. Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we declare... Today is yours. We say, have your way in this place. Father, I pray right now that you would breathe upon your written word, your logos word, and I pray it would become rhema. I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds uh, to understand what your spirit is saying. Father, we declare that your word is true and that every man's a liar. We declare, Father, that your word is going before us today. Father, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, we declare that we are not making room for you. We are giving you the entire room. So we declare now as a community fear you have to go Holy Spirit come we declare foolishness you have to go wisdom come we declare evil you have to go Uh, wisdom come father I thank you that nobody came to hear me we all came to hear you so we say speak Lord your servants are listening and all God's people said amen and amen we are stewarding a prophetic word this year on expanding territory someone say expanding territory this is a first chronicles 410 year this is a year where we're declaring every day oh that you would bless us indeed expand our territory put your hand of favor upon us and keep us from evil i'm praying this every day over my family i'm praying this every day over your family i was on the trail this morning running declaring this over your family what are we saying we're declaring that god you determine the blessing in our life and you determine our response to that blessing. We understand that we expand territory by faith. Someone shout faith. So we are in this, uh, stewarding this prophetic word on expanding territory and we are in this season on expanding spiritual territory. We understand that we expand spiritual territory through the gifts of the Spirit. When you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, not only do you connect with God through the gifts, but people connect with God also through the gifts. So you're connecting with God and others are connecting with God and spiritual territory is being expanded through the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. They're found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to go through these very quickly. The gift of wisdom. It's the supernatural application of God's word. I'm going to talk about that. Knowledge is the supernatural ability to know and understand the mysteries of heaven and earth. That's what Will Ford taught on. We have the gift of faith, the ability to hear God for the impossible. The gift of healing uh, is the journey of wholeness of a person's mind, body, and spirit to operate in the way that God intended. The gift of miracles or supernatural power is the 
the manifestation of the impossible. The gift of prophecy is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to edify, warn, announce, and reveal future. Discerning between the spirits or distinguishing between the spirits is the ability to know by what spirit a person is motivated and the ability to know what spirit is in operation. We have the gift of tongues, the ability to pray mysteries of God and strengthen a spirit of a man through a heavenly language. And the gift of interpretation of tongues, which is the supernatural ability to understand and receive revelation from a language you did not learn. There's five W's that we're going over the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to go over them very quickly. Who are they for? They're for everyone. What are the gifts of the Spirit for? What are they for? There are spiritual tools to advance the kingdom of God or to expand territory. Where are the gifts from? The gifts are from God. When were the gifts given? After Jesus ascended to heaven, bestowed the gifts on the day of Pentecost. And why are they important? Because they allow us to expand territory. They are the power to expand spiritual territory. I want to make sure that everyone understands this. I need to give you a warning that at any time there is a rejection of the gifts of the Spirit, it's because it's the enemy's strategy, Satan's strategy, to keep you from expanding territory. So we've had a few messages so far. All of the messages on these series are on our YouTube channel or on our, uh, our podcast you can go back and listen to. If you did not hear the introduction on the gifts of the Spirit, I would encourage every member of our church, make sure you hear that because it's the foundation of all of these messages. So this morning we're talking about the gift of wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the supernatural application of God's Word in all situations. Let me give you a simplified definition. Wisdom is what God wants. Wisdom is the pursuit. What does God want? When we launched this church, we're, we're just over three years old, and we, we launched in, in a high school, and, and then 10 months into being a church, uh, we, we purchased this facility, and then two months later, COVID hit. And the world's shutting down, everyone's going wild, everyone's going bananas, and, and churches are shutting down everywhere. And, and I'm looking at the world, and this doesn't make sense because strip clubs are open, but churches can't be. Liquor stores are open, Home Depot's open, but churches can't be. And, 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 and I, I was... You know, I've been in ministry for 20 years, but I've only been pastoring a church for uh, just under a year at that point. And so you, you don't want to make any mistakes, and I'm looking around to everybody else, and what is everybody else doing? And, and everybody else is closing down and claiming Romans 13 really quick supports your government, but those same people aren't claiming that about Ukraine. I'm talking about wisdom today. We'll get there. We'll get there. And, and, and someone wrote me a letter that attended our church. And, 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 and in the letter they said, Pastor, we're begging you, shut down the church, you're going to kill people. Pastors get all kinds of awesome letters. <laughs> and I don't want to kill people. I, I don't, and no one knows really what this is. It's a good thing we have a, a, a new leader of disinformation because at the time we only had certain information. Mind you, the same people that are giving you information about diseases are telling you that there's 98 genders. Like four visitors are like, ah, I don't know what I do with my hands. So here's the thing. The elders went into my office. We laid on the floor, put our noses in the carpet, and we said, Holy Spirit, what do you want? Now, I laid down, and about six seconds in, I heard the Holy Spirit say, have church for me. And I'm like, was that too soon? I felt like I was needed to tarry a little longer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I only asked once. Like, 
this happened fast. And I, I, I looked up, I, I gave it like another like a minute just, just to make sure, like, I don't know if everyone's going to hear God as fast as me. So, and I looked up and like, everyone's like bright eyed and bushy tailed looking around. And everyone just boom, 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 boom. Everyone heard the exact same thing. So I understand one person thought wisdom was to shut down God's house. But when we asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with your house? He said, have church for me. Watch, listen, listen. Wisdom is the desire for what does God want? What does God want in every area of my life? What does God want in my marriage? What does God want in our children? What does God want in our business? What does God want in our ministry? What does God want in our church? What does God want in our friendships? What does God want in every area? This is important you understand. Wisdom is not for designated serious things. Wisdom is for everything. Tell your neighbor everything. Turn to your second choice and tell them everything. It's the ability and strategy of the Holy Spirit to establish God's will in the earth. Here's the thing about wisdom is you need wisdom in order to steward all the nine gifts of the Spirit well. Wisdom is access to the mind of Christ. It's knowing the right thing to do and say at the right time. Ephesians 1, 8, 9, it says, They have lavished on us all wisdom and understanding, and he has made known to us the mysteries of his will. Wisdom will show you the perfect will of God. How many have prayed before, Lord, I want to be in your perfect will? When you ask for wisdom, the wisdom will lead you into his perfect will. Ephesians 1 tells us that. So wisdom is this divine strategy for every area of our life. So let me give you some practical advice. This is really important. Ask for wisdom every day. So when you pray 1 Chronicles 4.10 over yourself, then ask for wisdom. Every single day, I go on and have my daily encounter. And I connect with God through movement. So I, I go on runs. And, and, and when I run between, sometimes between two to seven miles, depending on the day. And there's this place I stop on the way back that's one mile from where I stop. And every single day at that one place, I get down on my knees. It's uncomfortable. It's very rocky. There's no smooth places that feel good on your knees. I've tried them all. <laughs> and I get to this one place and I get on my knees and I ask the Lord for his mind, his mouth, and his heart. I ask him for his mind of wisdom. This is what I pray every day. I say, Lord, I want wisdom for your throne. I want the mind of Christ. Your word says that you will give it to me generously. So I ask you to generously give me wisdom today. I ask for your mouth. Would you speak to me more clearly than anyone on the planet? And would you teach me to help others do the same? And I ask for your heart. Would you make me, give me the heart of a father? Make me a spiritual father in my home, in this house, in Fort Worth. And you could determine where it goes. Every single day, I ask God for wisdom. I get all the time, my Tuesday Q&A and, and awesome members of our church, they'll, they'll stop me and ask me and say, Pastor, how can we pray for you? Do you know how you can pray for me? Wisdom. Ask God to give me wisdom. And then, you know how I can pray for you? Asking God to give you wisdom. This is the greatest prayer that you can pray over your pastor. That word wisdom in the Hebrew is the word hakman, which means uh, technical skill, experience, and shrewdness. The Greek word is Sophia. So anytime you know, is anyone named Sophia in here? Anyone, any Sophias? So your name means wisdom. Anytime you meet a Sophia, declare you are wisdom. Let me give you some scriptures on wisdom. Proverbs 2, my child, listen to what I say. Treasure up my commandments. Turn your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Look at this. Search for them like you would silver. Seek like hidden treasure. Let me give you another one. Proverbs 4, 6 in the BSB says, Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her. She will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Look at this. 
though it cost you all you have, get understanding. One more, Colossians 2, 3. In him, Jesus, lie hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. Let me recap this for you. Proverbs 2 says, seek for it as silver and gold. Proverbs 4 says, it's supreme, though it costs you everything you have, find it. And Colossians 2 says, it's treasures of wisdom. Listen to the language that's placed on, on wisdom. Listen to the value. It, 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 it relates wisdom to supreme silver and gold and worth everything you have. Let me lean into this a little more. There are nearly 500 different scriptures on wisdom and the wise. 500 times in God's word, he mentions wisdom or the wise. If it's worth mentioning 500 times, over and over, if it's saying sell everything you have to find it, it's more than silver and gold. It is saying this, that wisdom is valuable. But here's the thing, we don't give it the same value God gives it. How do you know how much time do you seek pursuing it? Think of the time that you think brainstorming about the next business or creative idea. Imagine the time that you think about building something else or your retirement or what accounts you need to move run around it and where the gains at it and all these different things that you strategize or you put or what property to buy next and I'm gonna expand territory and do all these things. There's nothing wrong with all those things, but what I want to show you today is the value we place on certain things and the value that God places on things. He puts, he calls it supreme. And we think that wisdom is just decent advice from old people. But if you only had ears to hear, that one decision can cost you years, decades, thousands, millions, all over one decision. So let me ask you this question. Are you a person that values wisdom? In your heart of hearts, are you aware of the value of wisdom? This morning, I'm gonna talk about three categories of people. The wise, the foolish, and the evil. Characteristics of the wise. This is important, I would write this down if I were you. Wise people live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wise people have the mind of Christ. Wise people are humble. Proverbs eleven two. when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Wise people are the ones that are quick to repent. Wise people are teachable. Proverbs fifteen thirty one. who listens to life-giving rebukes will be at home among the wise. See, wise people don't have to be the most intelligent. They don't have to be the most educated, but wise people are the most humble and teachable. Maybe this is the greatest characteristics of the wise. Wise people fear the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're new to the faith, fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. The fear of the Lord is being terrified to be out of his presence. Or the fear of the Lord is the desire to please God. This is really important because I told you wisdom is what? Just knowing what God wants. So those that fear the Lord have this, have this inner alarm that goes off in them like, whoa, 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 whoa. God may not want this. The fear of the Lord isn't God hates me. The fear of the Lord is not I might go to hell. The fear of the Lord isn't I, might, I don't want to be a bad person. The fear of the Lord is whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel something that's about to come out of my mouth in this conversation, and I feel even before I say it, the Holy Spirit grieving as I'm thinking it. The fear of the Lord is I'm about to sign this contract to get in line with this business partner, and even though it sounds good on paper and there's all these promises, I could feel that the Father is not pleased in this transaction. There is this 
thing that comes in you. Pastor Jasmine said it from the pulpit last week. Many people call fear wisdom and they hide fear behind the word wisdom. We just want to be wise and just shut everything down and do exactly what the government tells us to. They know best. It's quiet. People lack wisdom. And when they lack wisdom, they allow other influences to be what they think is best. Wise people... uh Love, correction, and discipline. Proverbs 19.25, if you correct the wise, they will be wiser. Wise people love feedback. What I found when I'm around great leaders, when I'm around great pastors, they are always ask me, what can I do better? What, what blind spots do I have? What areas am I missing? How can I grow? When you correct someone that's wise they're grateful for it because they're not being led by their insecurity they're being led by their desire to continue to please the Lord and be good stewards and do the best with what they have wise people listen to wise counsel scripture says in Proverbs twelve fifteen, plans fail because lack of counsel but with many advisors, they succeed. I have many advisors in my life. I have spiritual advisors. We have our apostolic elders that all act as spiritual fathers and speak into my life. But my greatest wise counsel, where I get the most wisdom from, is my wife, Heather. I will feel the Holy Spirit literally hit me when wisdom's coming through her. And for the, I, I tell young people all the time, because we got married really young. I was 22 and she was 20. And, and uh, it, it took me about seven years to learn to listen to her. Because I kind of grew up in, in a macho house that like women be silent, don't, don't talk, don't think, don't do anything, submit. I used to tell her all the time, you need to submit. She would say, give me something to submit to. <laughs> Felt the spirit of Jezebel just try to come in the house. I'd say, the Bible says that you're supposed to be submitted to me. She'd be like, finish the scripture as I'm submitted to the Lord. And after enough times of being in really gnarly situations because I didn't listen to wisdom, all of a sudden, and, 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 and sometimes it's because they talk so much, you just can't retain it all. I got a clap from Pastor Abe. You don't know what that means. Back to she says, she said, go preach again. Okay, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. I would hear her say something and she would say it, but I would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying it with her. Sometimes, men, you could be looking for wisdom in the wrong places because they drive an expensive car. Or they got all these letters and symbols in front of their names. And because they have all these followers in their social media that they purchased. Watch, and you can miss out on one of the greatest gifts of wisdom that God already gave you. The wise can hear wisdom in children. The wise can hear wisdom in the person in your small group that's been saved for a few months. Listen, the wise are not determining who they can and cannot receive wisdom from. The wise are willing to receive wisdom from anywhere as long as it's birthed from the Lord. It's important you understand this. No one has complete wisdom in every area. But wisdom allows you to apply God's mind to every area. Let me just warn you. We're, this, is, this is a spiritually mature church. Like it's deep around here. 
We teach deep. I, 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 I watch things on social media and jokes about motivational speeches from pulpit. Like, I, I got 14 pages of notes. If you text notes, you got like 30 scriptures in front of you. Like, we go deep every week. But here's the thing. Just because you're spiritually deep does not mean you have, spiritual, you have deep character. Just because you're spiritually deep and speak in tongues doesn't mean you're wise with your finances and resources. So wisdom understands that I need wisdom in every area because I'm wise in one area. It doesn't mean that I'm wise in every area, but you can seek God's heart and mind for every area. Amen. All right, let me give you a pastoral warning. Buckle your seatbelts. Just because you love God does not mean you have the wisdom of God. Because the greatest category of these three categories that I'm giving you today, these three categories of people, the, the largest amount of people fit into the foolish category. I'm gonna say this again. The largest amount of believers that love God are in the foolish category. And just because you love God does not mean you're wise. Many people that love God with all of their heart live foolish lives. Foolish people are led by the power of the flesh. Let me give you a different word, your emotions. Everyone has bad days. The foolish have bad lives. Foolish people are unteachable. They do not listen. If I had a dollar for every time who, someone wanted to meet with me about the same thing that they didn't listen on the first time, we could pay off the justice residences. <laughs> Foolish people can never get enough of someone's time, but they never take anyone's wisdom. Let me tell you why foolish people cannot be corrected. As you are correcting them, they're in the middle of defending themselves. As you are correcting them, they're in the middle of explaining themselves. As you're correcting them, then they start correcting you back. I thought you asked for help. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves lo knowledge. Buckle your seatbelts. This is, this is the Lord, not me. But whoever hates correction is... You're just so mean, pastor. You need more tact. This is scripture. Foolishness makes people stupid. Foolishness causes you to make stupid decisions. You will never know the true character of a person until they're corrected. Usually everyone loves church, loves serving, loves this, love this is great, this is wonderful, mercy culture is the best, and then one person corrects you and you're, oh, they just, oh, they just think they're better than everyone. I'm gonna go tell Fort Worth Weekly about it. <laughs> one person corrects you. Watch, foolish people cannot be corrected. They resist correction. Foolish people are disobedient. And their disobedience starts with God's word. When the wise find something in the Bible that offends them, they assume that they're wrong. When the foolish find something that offends them, they assume the Bible's wrong. And then they begin to de deconstruct it. Foolish people think God's word is advice. It's not a suggestion for you to not be having sex with people that aren't your spouse. Even your spouse before they are your spouse. Can I tell you how many, how many marriages have problems because they didn't honor God's word, they didn't use wisdom, they had physical covenant before spiritual covenant and then they can't realize why their marriage is so hard? And I sat up here for weeks on end telling them, trying to help you, your small group did, your pastors did, but you were led by your emotions. You didn't use wisdom. You spent the night at their house because it was quicker than your drive home. 
Welcome to Mercy Culture Church. My name is Landon. I'm glad you came. You're just judging me. We talked, the guy just talked about abortions before. No one's judging you. If you're, identif if you're identifying with foolishness, that's a good step in the right direction. If you're mad at me for talking about it, it's the step in the wrong direction. Foolish people don't tithe. People, foolish people can't be corrected. F foolish people are disobedient. They think God's word's just random advice that they can pick and choose as they please. And then they can't figure out why they never get spiritual breakthrough when they disobey God's word. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceptive, deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can trust it? Foolish people follow their hearts. I hear this all the time. I'm just going to go with my heart. Don't. <laughs> go with God's word and his voice. Can I pass to you for a second? Feeling is okay for baby Christians. But God has a voice. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. So if you've been serving the Lord for 10 years and you go by your feelings still and he has a voice and you haven't learned to hear his voice, that's not a gold star. It's time to grow. It's time to mature because your heart deceives you. Just stop for two seconds and just start thinking about the mistakes you made going with your heart. Okay, stop. I don't want you to get depressed. Stop, okay? We'll just get back in God's word. <laughs> Foolish people are attracted to offenses. They're attracted to the spirit of offense. Foolish people don't desire wisdom. They have a hard time receiving it. Foolish people, this is important. Someone needs to hear this. They need boundaries. I get this all the time my Tuesday Q&A. I got a psycho friend, parent, family member, and they're really abusive. They do all this stuff, and, and what do I do? They need boundaries. It's the same way that kids need boundaries. You ever see someone at like, we don't go to Disney World anymore, thank God. But like, you ever see someone at the park? Seriously, the Lord answered my prayers. I didn't like it when they thought it was magical. You know it's demonic if you sweat all day, walk 20 miles, and gain weight. <laughs> but you ever see the kids on the park, and they have like a little backpack, and their child is on a leash? That kid needs a lot of boundaries. There's pictures of me growing up that my parents, we went camping and they had me tied to a rope to a tree. I'm glad we didn't have social media back then. I was like, mom, why'd you tie me to a tree? She's like, you kept running in the fire. Wisdom. Some of you need to be tied to spiritual trees. Because we warned you about dating that guy. And the four guys like him in the past. But the foolishness inside you can't get past you're beautiful and I love you. Even though he's got four other girls he says the same thing to. But the foolishness in you cannot hear the wisdom of God. And then you know who suffers? Everyone around you. Your children suffer, your parents suffer, your family suffers. Everyone around you suffers for foolishness. Foolishness is why people need real boundaries. You ever see some of those signs that are really funny that people put out, but they're real signs? Like when they say, don't breathe underwater. Do you know what signs like these mean? 
someone was like, I need a place to sit. That pointy fence looks like a good place. These are created for foolish people. But Proverbs says, he who hates correction is stupid. It's trying to talk to somebody. That if you learn to change your heart, watch, if you can't ever find a job with someone that appreciates you, respects you, if you have a problem with every boss you've ever had, come on, hear this. Turn to your neighbor and just whisper foolishness. Foolish people think they're always right. Proverbs 12, 15. Foolish people are victims. They think that life is just unfair. Listen, you'll never find a wise person that thinks they're a victim. It's quiet in here. You have Joseph, he's sold into slavery by his brothers, thrown into a pit, thrown into slavery, and then thrown into another prison, and the wisdom of God through him causes him to rule second in command in the entire land. Oh, I feel that, I feel that good pushback. Because here's the thing, is you've been told so much by a spirit of evil that your foolishness partnered with, that you're a victim, that you've embraced it, rather than the identity that God has called for you. And then there's a bunch of people in the room that have partnered with foolishness and then can't figure out what they should do right now because you feel bad for individuals that have partnered with victimness. And the only thing that will bring both sets of people out is wisdom. Foolish people don't take responsibility. They're full of excuses. They're irresponsible. They look for responsible people to dump their problems on. Foolish people don't realize everyone who has to pay for their bad choices. Wisdom seems like foolishness to foolish people. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says this, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. You know what this scripture is saying? If God could produce foolishness, it would be wiser than the world's greatest wisdom. That is how supreme his wisdom is. All right, let me give you a warning real quick. Foolish people do not stay in neutral in foolishness. They always begin to stray towards evil. Let me give you characteristics of evil people. This is important you understand this. Evil people live under the power of demonic spirits. Evil people are tormented by demonic spirits, so they torment others. Evil people are bound in fear, so they create and cause fear. Evil people love pride. Evil people are intentionally dangerous, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Evil people are hateful. Evil people hate God, so they hate what is good. Evil people hate righteousness, so they hate what is right. Evil people call good evil and evil good. Isaiah 5.20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Individuals like this are on their way to committing blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Evil people hate what God loves and they love what God hates. Evil people have a debased mind. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says this, for all Though they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's so important. Look at that in the word of God. Their foolish hearts became evil. Although they claimed to be wise, they were fools. Therefore, God gave them over to their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies. They exchanged, look at this, the truth of God for a lie. If you are unaware that there is an absolute war on truth today, you are spiritually undiscerned. 
And the war on truth is not about political parties. And let me tell you where this is going. They're trying to get to the place where preaching the gospel is hate speech and illegal. Because evil people hate hearing God's word, they're trying to make it legally unable to preach the gospel. The Lord showed me this in a vision in 2013. This is where this is going. This isn't about that you can call people names or do whatever you want on social media. That is not what this is about. This is about trying to stop the truth of the gospel from being preached. And mark my words, you will see the gospel, the gospel being outlawed in your lifetime. 24, therefore God gave them over to their sinful desires to sexual impurity, degrading their bodies with one another. This is God's word. I'm just reading the Bible. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Verse 26, because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Even women exchanging natural sexual relationships for unnatural ones. This is lesbianism. In the same way men abandoned natural relationships with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received themselves the due penalty of their error. We're gonna keep reading the Bible this morning. Verse 28. Furthermore, just they did not think it was worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to their depraved mind. What is a depraved mind? It means you're completely corrupt and you only know evil. So that they would do what not not to be done. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, the gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. Look at this. They invent ways of doing evil. They invent gender. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love. Look at this, no mercy. I'm gonna give you one more verse because this is so heavy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they do not only continue to do these very things, look at this, but also approve of those that practice them. I don't know if this is talking about the end day wicked world or the modern day church. If a bus was coming to run over a child and the child didn't see it and you grabbed the child by the back of the shirt and pulled the child out of the street as the bus came and almost killed them but the child fell down and scraped their knee, would that be abusive behavior to a child? But that's what a foolish person that loves God thinks when you warn people of the consequences of sin. No one wants to hurt you. No one here is judging you. But those that say they love you hate God. And it's impossible for them to love you when they hate God. It's impossible for them to know justice when they hate God. They have no conception of justice when they don't know a just God. This is a perverted man's world that is trying to destroy the good things of God. This is a wicked world that doesn't know God. And so they want to destroy everything that is good. So they say there's toxic masculinity as they promote men dressing up like women, calling themselves women when the Bible says it's evil. And this sermon will probably be taken off the internet. Already the gospel already being silenced. And probably half of the people in this room don't even know that that's right or wrong. Or think that, man, that pastor's kind of hateful when we've never even met face to face. I get called hateful on a weekly basis. 
Scripture says that we'll be persecuted for righteousness sake. Watch, watch. I will be called hateful every week, but no one can tell me one hateful thing I say. Or the response I love that I get is, you just want people to go to hell. When did I say that? Um, quote me, please. Show me what sermon. I'll watch the clip. No, no, but they'll, why, why, watch, watch. Because they hate God and they hate the words of God, they call the words of God hate. So let me be clear. If you were like Joe, waiting outside paying for an abortion of a girlfriend, or you were like the girl that was in that room murdering a baby, that there is mercy for you, just like Joe. And there could be 10 years later where you're standing on a pulpit, taking communion, declaring the blood of Jesus over your life, seeing freedom and deliverance. Ah. I felt in my spirit that someone needed permission to stay away from evil people. I was sitting in my office praying and all of a sudden I saw you having this fight because you wanted to be loving but you were entertaining evil. And I felt the Lord prompt me to tell you you have permission to stay away from evil people. Look at all throughout God's word. God spoke through an angel to Joseph and Mary and said, get away from Herod. He's evil. Over and over, there's these moments, hey, this individual's evil, watch, wisdom will come in and tell you what to do in the situation. Okay, I gotta hurry, I'm running out of time. I wanna introduce to you a law of attraction. I don't have time to do this. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm. Y'all got to tell that to the hundreds of people that try to take your spots. Okay. Okay. The law of attraction is that who you are will be drawn to you. Foolish people are drawn to foolish people. Evil people are drawn to evil people. You may not know each other, but your demons know. This is why people move to new city and they find the same bad people. This is why you can go to a new job and you still find someone to be sexually immoral with. This is, this is why you're constantly finding offended people in every church you go to because the demons know each other. That's why wise people are connected with wise people because deep calls unto deep and you're drawn to an iron that sharpens iron and you're drawn to spirit-led prophetic people. Listen, you are drawn to what you're attracted to. Now the wise people started shouting, but here's the thing, is if you get two fools together, you get the worst of each other. If you get two evil people together, you get the worst of each other. If you get wise people together, you get the best of each other. So if you don't know what category you're in, let me ask you, what's drawn to you? And this is why people can't understand. I'm gonna pass you for a moment. This might sound hard to a few people but there's a group of activists that hate God, hate mercy culture, and hate Heather and I. And they travel in packs. They are evil people that prey upon foolish people to join them in evil. And some of them live in this Oakhurst neighborhood. And they're trying to stop the justice reform from being built. How many have read an article or two about it? Now watch this. If you're not a wise person, you won't discern the evil that's going on. And then maybe you say, well, pastor, I think that you're just being a little too harsh. And I think that you need a little more tact. And I think you need to be friendly to evil people and evil spirits that are trying to watch stop housing for women that are being raped every day. If you try to stop 
Hold on, hold on. You got to hear this. I'm not saying you're not willing to do something to help girls that are victims of rape every day. I'm saying you're trying to stop a church from helping girls that get raped multiple times a day. It's evil. So if you don't have the wisdom to realize that your pastor's not calling a person evil, but if you're trying to stop us from helping survivors, it's demonic. And we're not intimidated by your demons. We're not coming off the wall. We're not stopping. We got a sword in one hand, a tool in the other, on a Nehemiah fast. I'm telling you, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would try to defy the armies of our living God? You come at us with a sword and spear, but we come at you with the name of God. Someone needs to have a spirit of wisdom in their life. Someone needs to hear this. Do not partner with evil. Sit down, sit down. Let me pastor you. I just need to share my heart and my heart is full of demons. Can I come over and bring my demons into your heart? I need wisdom. Evil praise on fools. Fools entertain evil. And that's why fools drift to evil. Can I pastor you? I'm saying this as a loving father. Majority of people that love God are in the foolish category. Hold on. But I got good news. It doesn't matter what stage you find yourself in. Wisdom can get you out. I have a lot more with just a little bit of time. Holy Spirit, help me. Okay, we're going back to Luke 15. I've got to go fast. Luke 15. Worship team, just come up now and just hang out and wait with me. Luke 15. You have the prodigal son. If you're new to the faith, this is in the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a physician. His Gospels are very de detailed. This was a, a, a story or a parable. A parable is the way Jesus revealed the, the majesty of his word. Okay? So he did it through stories so that people would understand. So he's telling a story, and he's trying to understand, tell the, the, these, these individuals how much God loves people no matter if they're foolish, wise, or wicked. So we're going to go, if you're running my slides, we're going to go fast through these scriptures. So watch. So in, in, in Luke chapter 15, 12, watch this. The prodigal son, you need to hear this because I don't want you to feel bad if you're struggling with foolishness. And I want you to be delivered if you're entertaining evil. So the prodigal son experienced all three categories in his lifetime. So watch. It was foolishness when he said to his father, let me depart from your house, let me rebel and give me what's mine. That was foolish. Someone say foolish. Go to the next verse. But then it was evil when he wasted his entire life on wild living. Uh, commentators say this was prostitution, wickedness, or that, that one commentator said this, that he dreamt of doing evil. He lost everything he had because he was evil. He experienced, watch, a season of evil. But then the next scripture said this, but finally he came to his senses and said, watch, I will go back to my father's house where I encountered wisdom. 
I wish I had time to unveil this like I wanted to, but you gotta hear this revelation. The Lord blew my mind this week. Put James 1.5 up on the screen. This is so important. You have to get this. This is the revelation. There's two things God wants to give you this today. This is gonna be a life-changing moment, a life-changing service. If you partner with this, it will change your life forever. It's already changed mine, and I've only had this for a week. I grew up in church. I was a pastor's kid. I've been preaching the gospel for 20 years, and sometimes that you, 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 you see God's word, but you don't see, you don't see the full of it. And my favorite thing in the world is when God speaks to me and God spoke to me and ministered to me. And this changed my life this week. And I can't wait for it to change yours. I've been praying James 1, 5 for 20 years. I told you, I ask God every day. And James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you just ask for it. And he is faithful to give generously to all those, don't play anything yet, to all those that he doesn't find fault. Another translation says reproach. Another translation says not rebuke you or unabradeth with you. And for some reason, how I grew up hearing this, how I heard it taught for years, was that God would give you wisdom if your sin and reproach was removed. So I'm being honest with you. As I have prayed this prayer for 20 years, I have prayed, Lord, would you give me wisdom and would you remove from me any reproach, fault, sin, anything that is in the way of me receiving vision. And I, when I was praying this week, the Holy Spirit said, it doesn't mean that. I'm like, uh-oh. It's not what it means. The scripture is not saying if you don't have fault, if you're not foolish, if you're not evil, then God will reluctantly give you wisdom because you got your stuff together. It's saying, he's so generous. Watch, the gift is so powerful despite your foolishness despite your wickedness is all you have to do is ask watch and when you ask his wisdom comes through your foolishness his wisdom comes through your wickedness watch it expands territory and here's what happens is his wisdom will lead you out of your foolishness lead you out of your wickedness watch the prodigal son was in his evil season. And wisdom pulled him out. Now you play. We're not done. Because I have a prophetic word. You might want to stand for this. This is... This is like a fear go, Holy Spirit, come, prophetic word. Ah, I started feeling it last Sunday when we were gathering in a corporate setting. And the, the, the best way I can describe it it, it, it was, it was like the Lord standing in front of giant doors and like the doors were about to break open on the hinges and something come out of the doors. And the Lord was holding it back, but he wasn't holding it back because what was behind him was dangerous almost like a parent waiting for a surprise party to give their child something glorious. Lord, begin to download on my heart this week that Solomon was the wisest man. I started looking at Solomon again. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, it's the moment that God gives him wisdom. But the moment before God gave him wisdom... Solomon gave the greatest offering of his life. Solomon gave a heart for mercy offering. And after his offering of a thousand offerings, in 1 Kings chapter 3, God said to Solomon, ask for anything. Solomon said, I want wisdom. Uh, please hear this. I was on the trail running this morning. 
And as I was running, listening to my sermon, I heard the Holy Spirit say, look at the value he placed on wisdom. If God said to you, you could have anything, would you ask for a house? Would you ask for stuff? Would you ask for things? If you were honest before today, what would you ask for? Do you know how you know what you would ask God for? What have you been asking God for this week? This month, this year. You gotta hear this. I read you multiple Proverbs that talks about how wisdom is supreme. The value that God puts on wisdom. And when God said to Solomon, ask for anything, watch. He took and said, Lord, what I value most is what you value most. Prepare your hearts to receive. You need to hear what I'm telling you right now. God gives wisdom to those that value it. That's who he gives wisdom to. Those that value it. I heard the Lord say, close your eyes all over this place. There's an open heaven over this house. It's hard to describe. I wish I had the articulation to do it. How much I sense God wanting to give you wisdom. He's like holding that gift behind his back, just waiting for it to give it to you. But this morning he showed me he will give it generously. Do you know what that word generous means? It means a singleness, that he doesn't hide anything. He will give it all. And God is going to give the gift of wisdom to everyone who asks for it and everyone who values it. I heard it so clear. It's going to be a divine gift, almost physical. You're going to feel this spiritual gift come to you. But the measure that you get today will be determined by how you value it. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com.